couple of weeks ago on a Tuesday morning here, our worship committee was meeting. We were gathered around the table in the room called the ladies' parlor, and Bo had made a pot of coffee, which always makes me glad. We lit the chalice, and I felt compelled to say a few words in response to the killings that had just happened a couple of days before in El Paso and Dayton. But there were no words that could make things any better, of course. And so after I said a few, we had this unplanned silence. We just sat there for a bit. Then when it was time, we had a brief check-in and we started in on our work. And it was good to be there gathered together, to see those faces around the table, to have time for conversation about things that matter. A theme arose from our check-in, and it was this, trying to be happy in spite of all the, I don't want to say that word from the pulpit. Got really close. Trying to be happy in spite of all the pain and trouble in our world. Trying to find joy even when it seems like things are going to hell. These are the times we are living in, right? I hadn't even heard about what Valerie lit that candle about the news overnight from Afghanistan. We're living in this time in this country when you would have been shocked to have heard this, I think, a couple of years ago, when white supremacy is again on the rise, when some white people, threatened by our growing diversity and emboldened by some of our leaders, are trying to intimidate and harm people of color, how do we live in these times? How do you dare to be happy when you know that people are hurting or at risk? How do you live with the knowledge that we are on the brink of environmental disaster? When you fear for the lives of our children and grandchildren, these days, I find myself remembering and quoting and praying with some of those lines from Psalm 91. Oh God, you are my strength and my refuge. You are where I put my trust. And this summer, I find myself reflecting on this idea of refuge. As I told our ch children last weekend, my wife and I were camping on this lake in northern New Hampshire. It straddles the main New Hampshire border and it's big, a mile or two across and something like 10 miles long. Most, most of the land around that lake now is a national wildlife refuge, which means it's a place set aside for wild creatures 
where they can be safe from humans and from the ways we threaten them. I also found myself thinking about the Andes Mountains in Argentina, where they have these places up in the mountains where hikers can stay called refugios, mountain shelters where people on the trails can rest and take shelter from the elements. And did you know that the Buddhist temple that we host here, that a year or more ago, they started offering what they call refuge recovery, a Buddhist-inspired path to recovery from addiction. If you look, that word refuge, it's around. Maybe because it's needed so much, I think of the fact that our country used to take pride in the fact that we were seen around the world as a refuge for those fleeing war or persecution. You know these words inscribed on the base of the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed, to me. A refuge is a safe place, a shelter from the storm, a place for recovery and restoration. And who among us doesn't at some time or another need that? I was making a hospital visit earlier this week, and on my way out the door, I remembered the chapel I had seen on my way in, and I stopped in there and spent some time on my knees. I have a daily prayer practice, silence mostly, and that is certainly a refuge for me. But a refuge is not a place to hide, not an escape from the challenges of our lives and the world. It's not a place of make-believe where you pretend that things are magically going to get better. No, it's a place to rest and recover enough so that then you can go back out, renewed and strengthened, ready to embrace life again, knowing that it is going to be painful at times, knowing that you will get your heart broken, that sometimes the best you can do is to just stay in the struggle. In my experience, it is in these places and times of refuge that I am better able to face the truth that I can better see and understand the ways that I need to change and grow. What I need from refuge and what I find in these places is the reminder that there is a force that is larger than myself. And if I open myself to that force, if I hand myself over 
then I find myself strengthened and renewed. In Judaism, people take refuge by reading and studying Torah, the holy book, and in keeping the Sabbath at temple and at home. It's often said more than the Jewish people have kept the Sabbath, the Sabbath has kept the Jewish people. Those of you who are in our meditation group practicing Buddhist meditation, you know that Buddhists take refuge in three things. The Buddha, his life and example, and the Dharma, which is the path and the teaching, and the Sangha, which is the community. Refuge in those three things. What about Unitarian Universalists? What do we take refuge in? What about you in your particular life? Do you have a place or a way to calm yourself, to return to the home of your soul, as one of our hymns puts it? Some years ago, I was talking to my spiritual director about this, and I said something to her that I didn't know was true until I said it out loud. Have you ever had that experience? You find yourself saying something and you're startled, like that it came out of you. And I told her, I have learned how to drop down into God. And this is what prayer is for me, a way of quieting my own mind, of waiting for my ego to settle down and step back a little bit so I can drop down into that place of connection with that which is always more and always there and so near to us if we will seek it. I was talking with one of you this week and you reminded me how doing the work of 12-step programs has saved your life, and you quoted the second step, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We could have a whole long conversation about this, but what a prayer that would be for our nation in these days. When you limp into a refugio high in the Andes Mountains, I don't think you need convincing that the mountains or that high altitude weather are powers greater than yourself. You're just grateful for the refuge. When you have walked a thousand miles with your children, fleeing violence from your home in Honduras, you don't arrive at the border feeling powerful, saying, here I am, self-sufficient, and here I am, bearing gifts. No, 
you arrive at our border saying, I am here seeking the protection of this country. Will you help me? There should be nothing shameful about seeking refuge. But too often we equate vulnerability with weakness. But isn't the ability to tell that truth, that you are tired and worn, that you need help, that you need to be strengthened and renewed, isn't this actually a show of strength and courage? So how do you take refuge and where? You start by looking for help, by asking for it, by admitting you need more than you can conjure up all by yourself. Sometimes you can come to this willingly and carefully. You seek out a therapist who's right for you or you take up a meditation practice. And sometimes, whether you want it to or not, life pushes you down to your knees or forces you into a 12-step meeting or maybe into a church even. I know some of you have showed up here and you're thinking, I don't even know why I'm here. But you came, and I hope in some mysterious way, you found what you were looking for and that's been a blessing. Taking refuge starts with saying, I need help. And then looking around and looking inside and waiting for what will appear, what doors will open for what is calling to your own soul. It's what Jesus was talking about when he said, seek and you will find. Ask, and you will receive. When you take refuge, where you take refuge, that's up to you. There is this saying, any port in a storm, right? And I'm mindful of the fact you have a lot of choices these days. Maybe sometimes even too many. There are books and gurus and different methods and you have to sort out the real from the fake. The traditional approaches like prayer and meditation and gathering in community for worship and learning and service. These are traditions. They've happened down through the ages because they work. And what I love about this church and our tradition and these days we are living in is we have the freedom to translate and adapt these traditions so they are useful to us. We have guides, some old guides and some contemporary ones too who can help to show us the way. What's needed, I'm convinced, is for us as individuals and as a society to learn how to take a longer and wider view. 
to put something bigger than ourselves at the center, to turn our hearts toward that which is deeper and greater, that mystery, whatever you want to call it, however you understand it, which is always more. We heard Mary Oliver's testimony to this truth. She writes, All day I watch the sky changing from blue to blue, for you are forever, and I am like a single day that passes. All day I think, thanks for this world for the rocks and the tips of the waves, for the tupelos and the fading roses, for the wind. For you are forever, while I am like a single day that passes. You are the heart of the cedars of Lebanon and the fir called Douglas the bristlecone and the willow. I know there is so much to be worried about and troubled by these days. Our world needs us to be strong and resilient and faithful, and yes, our world needs us to be joyful too. So please seek out the places that will help heal and restore your soul so you can be strong for the living of these days because we need you. Your family and your friends need you. This community needs you. Our nation needs you right now. Our world needs you. Will you join me in prayer? Spirit of great mystery, you are always here. You have always been and always will be. And so we pray that you will companion us in our days and help us to find our way to places that are strengthening and sustaining, where we will be in touch with your presence, which is at the heart of all things, and which is so very near to us. Lead us, we pray, in the way of goodness and justice and peace, so that we will joyfully do our part to help heal and bless our world. Amen.